Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from a specific moment in their life. Uh, We'll talk as much about what uh, made playing that game fun, special, and stood out to our guest even to this day as we will about uh, diving into the context of when they had this memorable time with it. A little bit of housekeeping up top uh, is that uh, you can check us out on social media. We're all over the gosh dang internet. Uh, We're on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod and on Twitter at callmebyyourgame, but there's just one Y in the Twitter URL. Uh, There's also links to anything we we, uh, bring up today. It's going to be in the show notes, so you don't even have to type it out. Uh, But on social media, you can see uh, what episodes we have coming out every week. Uh, you can see the cool art I make for every episode, and I am, am choosing to describe it as cool. Uh, and you can learn about our guests, uh, who they are, and how you can uh, support them in a respectful, non-creepy way. Uh, you can also uh, uh, support us by re- leaving us a rating and review uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, letting us know what you like about the show, um, what may be a favorite episode, or even the coolest thing our guest today shared. Um, that really helps uh, more people find us. Um, even I did see a tweet the other day. Uh, that said it doesn't affect the algorithm, and I guess it wouldn't really matter for us because we only have like 35 reviews, so who cares? Uh, You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general uh, or the game that uh, we've brought on to discuss uh, for today. Uh, You can uh, join our Discord, where we have for our whole entire network, we have a really nice Discord for Super NPC Radio where people are discussing uh, all the shows that we've got and different things that are going on. Uh, So, yeah, if you want to have a nice conversation with some other great people, We've got a Discord link in the show notes. And lastly, you can check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash supernpcradio, uh, where we're currently, uh, for this show, I do a monthly bonus uh, sort of thorough discussion with a group of people, and they're called the Call Me By Your Game co-op episodes. Uh, for January, we had an episode on the sequel to Earthbound uh, Mother 3, um, which was like one of my favorite games in recent memory. And then uh, if you're listening to this, uh, in six days, we'll have the Kirby and the Forgotten Land episode. So the newest, uh, as of this moment, the newest Kirby game that came out. So yeah, uh, there's a bunch of other stuff. I'll pitch it to you at the end, listener. Uh, but yeah, check us out at Patreon. That'll do it for the housekeeping. And I can finally introduce our guest for today. Uh, please welcome to the microphone, Jake Regal. Hi, thank you for having me, Connor. Hey, you're so welcome. I even did a little, uh, I, I broke from, uh, my exact script in the mm. you know the housekeeping I, I ad-libbed a little bit I I extended it because it's already like three I know exactly about how long it, it felt is. fresh it felt oh. spontaneous it was you know good. what I just I'm trying to just instill a little bit of that in the show because <laughs> listeners probably have heard me do that very almost exact housekeeping for this is episode 151 so a lot of episodes now um so I'm glad to get some on mic affirmation. Thank you. Well, can I get, can I throw out a curveball right away just oh, to make please. it even more spontaneous? Yes. I'm gonna stop my cat from eating her sister's food live ooh, on mic. Oh, I love get out this. Of this. Tuesday. We get a lot of a lot of cat content on the show. I've probably talked about. All right, there we go. I'm back. Hey, there we go. So, how many cats do you have? I got two ask. cats. Uh, two cats. Is, is and it's an Tuesday? auto feeder situation. Yeah, Tuesday and Lunchbox are the names of the cats. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, I only have one, so there's no one's food except my own that I have to, like, fight her off from eating. And she's really... Are your cats bold? Because mine's so bold. (laughs) Yeah, well, I have one very food-motivated cat and one not-so-food-motivated cat. So the struggle is to keep the not-food-motivated cat fed. Nice, uh, yes. Because otherwise, Tuesday, we'll just eat all all available food at all times. That, That 
Makes sense. Uh, I think then that tells me my cat is definitely food motivated because mm-hmm. uh, anytime I'm eating anything, uh, she will be up in my grill about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's the that's our new brand new cat segment of the podcast. Uh, you know, everyone everyone. Thank you for having me for it. the first cat segment. By the way, you when know, you I, contacted me about that, I thought it was such a cool ask. Yeah, the, the primary reason I wanted you on the show today, <laughs> uh, the brand new cat segment. Um, Jake, uh, I'm really excited to have you on today. Uh, we know each other how I know the majority of the guests of the show through the Los Angeles improv comedy community, namely through the UCB theater. Um, I don't I, – I think – like I can sometimes pinpoint exactly when I met someone. I think mm-hmm. I do know when I met you because I got to see you perform a lot with Cardinal Redbird and probably other teams before we met. But I remember you came to my old apartment – to coach like me in a, oh, okay. a in a three prop team, and I just I'm pretty sure that's the first time we ever interacted. Um, I don't Who's on your three prop team? It was me, uh, Drew Marquardt, and Meg Joe. Oh sure, okay. Yeah, we were called. Um, oh gosh, what we were she, Meg? If Meg Meg's not listening, uh, both former guests of the show. But if she were, I would she have would... known Drew first of the three of you because I used to coach his main team at the time. That checks out because I I was thinking because I went to you know, you know a peek behind the curtain for the listener another thing I love to do I went to uh, just uh, you know type your name and to add you to the Google Calendar for this event uh, for and I didn't had never been on an email thread with you and it clicked I was like I made that exact connection I was like I think Drew was mm-hmm. the connection. Um, you say but, we've never been on a thread together. You're not counting the time that uh, UCB accidentally openly replied all to every member of the community. <laughs> you so know we what? all have each other's email addresses. You, you, you know what? I, I, you know what? I th- you're totally right. Uh, that's never forget that beautiful moment. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I. The, every community or every institution should have that happen to them at least once. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but that's that's how we know each other. I've gotten to see you perform over the years. Um, and uh, we've gotten to know each other uh, a little bit throughout throughout this time. Uh, you're also, this is something I want to point out, because we have a ton of people come on the show who we bring up, uh, imp- there's a lot of improv talk, but there's a-, a lot of mock improv talk, mm-hmm. because that's where a lot of uh, my good friends uh, have come from on the show, and you here are the founder, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I, I created mock, uh, after a particularly nasty round of Herald auditions where Ooh. I did a very bad job. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I want to create space for people who like are on the level of like performing, but just yeah. don't have like a weekly opportunity. Like it, it feels like it felt like the rich were getting richer. Like people had, if they were on stage at UCB, they were getting this opportunity, to, like create a better sense of chemistry and get more comfortable doing long form improv. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the people who were not given that opportunity didn't have that same up op- like, this was pre clubhouse, pre yeah. uh, any second stages, and so yeah, I wanted to make a a space where people could perform every week, basically. That's cool, and yeah, I mean, I think it is uh, the context is really important. Like pre clubhouse, back when there was far less stage opportunity for people. This is you know way before my time, before I was on the scene. But um, <laughs> I we so that that's just one like little thread I wanted to connect here was. Uh, you know, you coming on and being the founder. So thank you for founding Mock Improv. A lot of people still love it to this day. I, I'm not performing with Mock anymore, but I did host it for oh, a cool. time too. Um, but uh, Analytics-wise, is this podcast mostly listened to by improvisers or is this bewildering for people who are listening to this right now? Thankfully, I have 
beaten the listeners into the ground with improv talk. So <laughs> so it's they just know it comes with the territory. Gotcha. Uh, and even in like our whole podcast network that we have, it's all like all but one show are video game related, but everyone pretty with the exception of maybe one person are all like, you know, sketch improv comedians. So they mm-hmm. yeah, it comes with the territory. Um but uh but maybe bewildering to some. Um but you know, that's how I know you. Uh, Jake, uh, you're all, you're an actor. You do a lot, but uh, what do you want to share with the listener about yourself? Anything uh, you want to uh, tell them about you that you've been up to today? That's that's such an in, uh, intimidating question. I feel like <laughs> uh, ultimately you're asking me to like plug something, but it feels like what is your life story? Do you have anything like, to show you... for yourself? Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's like seeing a relative and say, "What have you What have you been up to?" What's so going how's on? the it's acting like, oh, thing know. going? I don't know. <laughs> No, I'm uh, I'm doing good. I'm I'm still plugging Paul T. Goldman on Peacock. If yeah. you haven't seen it, it's a show I was involved in in a way I can't spoil. That's very uh, interesting and funny and weird. Yes. Uh, but worth yeah. it. Worth. I mean, if they if anyone knows you, of course it's worth watching. It's just like a mind blowing show. And yeah, I did not know that was coming. Of course, I think you had done a little social about like, hey, keep your eyes out, but. Yeah, it's just you could can't predict where this goes. Yeah, I mean, and now everyone everyone's getting Peacock because of Poker Face, which is cool. I like Poker <laughs> Face, but like go back and watch Paul T. Goldman. Yes. Uh, it's worth checking out. And then if you're in the LA area, come to a very Jewish St. Patrick's Day at the UCB <laughs> Theater on uh, March 16th. Uh, tickets on the website. Is that a show that you've done before, or is that new? The regular show is A Very Jewish Christmas, which makes yes. more sense. That's, like, a show about how everyone has to, op- like, is obligated to, like, interact with Christmas if you live in the U.S. Yes. Uh, and how do Jews deal with that. Uh, and then we wanted to turn it into a more serial thing, and I pitched a couple uh, uh, other holidays that made sense to me, like Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, and UCB countered with How About St. Patrick's Day? And I said... Yeah, okay, sure, I'll do that, whatever. <laughs> so I had to figure, sort of retroactively figure out how that show made sense. Yes. But uh, I think it'll be fun. We've got a real uh, Irish step dancer. And, wow. Uh, I know. It's, it's someone in the comedy community. But but still, it. I think it'll be a good show. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, a very Jewish St. Patrick's Day. Uh, mm-hmm. March. This is perfect because sometimes listeners are like, when is this coming out? And the way I program the show, yours is coming out. Uh, two days from now when we record. Um, oh, that's quick. I so, assumed a longer turnaround than that. Y- yes, I have. I'm say like I recorded one last week that I'm saving for next week because uh, preview for the listener, just me and the guest did background on the same episode of TV that's coming out that day. Ooh. And so we're jokingly uh, p- pitching it as our episode, uh, even <laughs> though you very, you may not see us uh, at all. But um, so, but normally I do have a little lead up, but uh, yeah, people can check that out. I'll put a link to the to the show page in the, in the notes so people can buy tickets if they That'd want. That'd be awesome, thank you. Um, but yeah, thank you for uh, sharing about yourself, uh, and we'll, we'll sort of start to get into it today and actually talk about video games. But before we talk about your general history with them, uh, would you please, Jake, call me by your game? My game today is a game that I am shocked has not been featured on the show to this point. It is Super Mario World. Yes, it's almost like uh, like you got away with a heist here that nobody has brought on. Also, I don't know if you had looked through the list and noticed as well, uh, another game called A Link to the Past mm-hmm. has also not been done. Um, it might have to do with, like, 
just the ages of the pe- people yes, who generally Yes, I'm, I'm old, but that's yes, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to point it out, but I will put uh, Jake's exact age in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited to hear from you on this. As I was telling you, I've uh, been playing this game a lot lately, so I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to go with it. I don't always have a connection to the games people bring on, but this one I do, so it should be fun. Um, but let's talk about your general history with games. Uh, when do you remember um, first taking an interest in them in your life? Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to say, it's sort of why I chose Super Mario World. I'm going to withhold part of the story here, but it is like very foundational to me as to why I play video games in general. Uh, The very first video game I played, I remember playing, was Battletoads. Yeah, but that one didn't hook me quite the same. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it might have been like one of the sequels. I don't know which Battletoads it was. And I played with a a neighbor who had it. Mm. Uh, But but Mario World was not long after that. Mm. Uh, And and yeah, it's it's been a a lifelong uh, passion slash distraction. I I would say. That's I remember in, in college I went cold turkey off video games for like two years. And I'm like, I'm an adult now, and I don't play video games. <laughs> and then my roommate got Guitar Hero, and oh, then boy. it was over. I just went yep. like headlong back into video games, uh, and I never looked back. A lot of people on the show, even you know, people, peop- I might, I'm sort of assuming we're in like a similar class where we've had a long relationship with games, still game to this day. Um, but you know, fortunately for you, you haven't made it a part of your brand and like a side gig of yours, (laughs) like I have, um, but there, everyone has, a lot of people have like a dark, I call it a dark period where like you, Mm. uh, life takes over or you're, you have a, uh, sort of like a desire, like you two to be an adult. I did the same thing. Um, so it's just fun to hear that. The Guitar Hero was the game that got you out of that. Did you do you remember? Was it the first Guitar Hero? Do you remember? It was the it was the first Guitar oh, Hero, cool. and it was like expensive for college yeah. kids. Like my roommate, like he spent a hundred dollars or more on this dumb guitar. Two no, he got two guitars. So that's what the setup's like a hundred and eighty dollars or something for the game and two guitars. Uh, but it it set our on campus apartment on fire. We were. We were del- granted it was my Xbox, so I did have a system, yes. but I wasn't playing it. Totally. Uh, my, yeah. Uh, 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 that, Probably that more of a DVD a player at the time. It might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I got I got good at Guitar Hero, man. I I play guitar almost every day in real life. Oh wow! And I'm terrible at it. I am <laughs> awful at guitar. I never, you know, I'm getting better than I was. It's like when yes. I was playing soccer as a kid where I won most improved like three years in a row. <laughs> uh, I just started out at such a low level. Yeah. Uh, the same is basically true with guitar. This is why I do only intellectual pursuits. My body is trash. Uh, uh, but but for whatever reason, Guitar Hero, I was pretty good at. That's awesome. Uh, we, I think it was, I want to say episode like th- four or so, man, um, Matt Apodaca brought on Guitar Hero for a very early episode, and and for that game, or back in the day, the first like eighteen episodes, you know, before COVID really took over, we mm. would. I was telling you earlier, we'd record in person, and I would have a before we record, I would play the game with the guest for about oh, cool. a half hour, or watch them play, just to sort of like jog memories, um, and maybe get into some nitty gritty. And we would do like a video portion. Uh, for it, um, but that one I remember being hard because Matt was really good, and I want to say that like I could not keep up on the song, so I would just be out really quick. Um, you and had he to train on that thing. You really had to. It took time and effort, but it was fun. Yeah. Did you uh, ever get into Rock Band? 
I did. I had. The, you're basically describing my college experience. Yeah. By my senior year, Rock Band had come out, and I bought it, and we did play it a bit, yeah. but it just didn't take hold of my friend circle the, the same way that Guitar Hero did. Yeah, it it takes a lot more to get people together. Instead of learning one instrument, you know, you're learning at least at least one more. Uh, right. With, with the drums. The drums um, were kind of hard. Was my you, recollection of Rock Band. I definitely uh, never got even like proficient or even like mediocre at it yeah but i I feel like you know guitar hero those are like very social games and i'm Mm -hmm. like a very introverted person for the most part Mm -hmm. uh and i feel like video games have always been sort of an access point towards socialization for me yeah Uh, even though these days i mostly play single player games yeah Uh, but like in middle school i was playing smash with my friends Mm. like playing diablo 2 with my friends like and oh, and I I was saying off mic that I listened to uh, Lily Do's episode yeah. to prep myself for this. I also did a mud, uh, multi one of those text based whoa really uh, RPGs uh, in like eighth and ninth grade. I spent in in just an unreasonable amount of time playing a text based on this one's called Lensmore. Oh my gosh! Uh, so me and my <laughs> friends were all playing Lensmore together. That's so much fun. Oh, what a nice thread from that episode to this, too. Uh, th- so it's not just Lily out there who enjoyed a text pace, uh, a game like that. That's really cool. Um, I mean, earlier I was going to ask, you know, because you had described a few platformers that you played, you know, um, like a, a genre that you maybe first got into that wasn't that. But you've already led me there. So I guess I might ask you, do you have a favorite uh, like genre of game to this day? Yeah, well, I'm, okay, so I'm a wimp, and I can't deal with jump scares. So yeah. that cuts oh, off, <laughs> like, almost half of all video games, I feel mm-hmm. like. Like, some FPSs I can play, and other ones are just like, this is too scary. I can't do this. Yeah. The enemies are running too fast at me. Uh, so even though, oh, one of the, okay, so I have a lot. I have a long history with video games. I could I could do a long episode. But uh, <laughs> I, I remember playing, <laughs> uh, my dad in the 90s would do LAN parties with his work. Whoa. And we would play, like, Doom and then later Quake. Uh, oh and gosh. I was invited. I was, like, the lone child invited because I was already playing video games at this time with all these adults. You were the ringer. I was the ring. Well, I didn't do the best because I was ultimately a child. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... I was playing, like, those FPSs then, but then they just got, like, too scary and mm-hmm. too graphically advanced, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. So I do play a lot of, like, RPGs, and mm, I cool. also play... I sort of... I, I put video games in two categories of, like, ones that I feel no shame in playing. Like, right now I'm playing Persona 5. Oh, cool. It has a narrative. It has ideas. It is enriching in some way. I think video games absolutely can be enriching. Mm-hmm. But then I also play... I play Madden. I play these games yeah. that are just like content su- circles, cycles, where you're just like, this is a way to spend three hours of my life. Yeah. Uh, 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 I like sports games and like uh, I, the Tony Hawk series was big mm. in my life. Like all these series that like, even Diablo 2 is this. Like it's not really an RPG. Diablo 2 is a, a spreadsheet. Like yes. you just spend time <laughs> playing and and you Nothing is gained. It's just like, here's a way to whittle away my life. I'm equally addicted to those as I am to games with actual uh, narrative and something interesting going on in them. I can relate to that in the sense that, like, because I have have more time for games right now, so I've kind of got, like, different, like, 
types of gaming that I do as well. I've been trying mm-hmm. to stream more. So like I have like two games that I'm streaming that I only play really on stream because I'm trying to save it. And then I have like my me game, which like when I want to actually sit down and, and not that I don't enjoy streaming, I really do. But when I just want to not have to like think, not have to engage with either the few people in chat or just myself to keep it entertaining, mm. the game I'm playing is uh, Fire Emblem Engage on oh, Switch. Cool. Which I've never played a Fire Emblem game. This is my second one. I, I played a lot of Three Houses, which is the previous Switch title, but never uh, didn't get um, didn't beat the game, and uh, I'm not really I've never really played almost any tactics RPGs, mm. but I do really enjoy this one. The there's a bump at the beginning of the game uh, that is uh, it it's just hard to get through, being that like the characterization uh, is rough. It's like some rough like anime. Uh, stuff where they lean into some tropes of like everyone's really hot and Uh the main character who wakes up it seems to be like in love with their mother and vice versa (laughs) okay Um, and it's just like i mean they they don't explicitly say that but the way they're talking to each other and the way that they're using their voices is just Mm -hmm. like at first i was like oh my gosh i don't know if i'm gonna like this and then spoiler alert uh, you know, 30 minutes into the game, mom dies and you don't have to deal with that relationship. But hmm. people do sort of fawn over your character a little much. But the so anyway, that was way too. You're, you're not into edible games is what I'm hearing. No, which, you know, honestly, I thought I would have been a mark for edible games. Yeah, right. but, <laughs> um, but anyway, so I can just that was a long winded way of saying I can relate to, you know, having different types of uh, gaming that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but um I guess uh, I could probably ask you. I've got a couple more questions I do want to ask you about okay. video games. If you look back on your history, do you have a personal favorite console? Uh, okay, I have like a, a I have a real answer and then a heart, an answer from my heart. Let's give the them real up. answer is probably the 360. Like, oh, cool! It had a ton of great games. It, uh, yeah, a ton of memories playing with friends. Lasted a really long time. It is responsible for like one of the this darkest periods mentally of my life, which nothing actually bad happened to yeah, me. Oh, good. But <laughs> I got cut from Harold Knight, and then my Xbox red ringed in the same week, and it was no. like this is a tragedy of yeah, unprecedented proportions. Oh my uh, gosh! And I was just like. It's over. Everything's gone. <laughs> that's oh, that's so rough. I also the Venn diagram of people who could relate to exactly this scenario are the listener people listening. Yeah, right. That's so funny. Um, but but my heart answer is the Dreamcast. Oh, nice. I got a, a man Dreamcast. Of yeah, that's right. I had a Dreamcast at launch. I think pound for pound the best system ever. Like it was only around for a couple of years. It had so many iconic games. Mm-hmm. It, like it was just really high quality stuff there was trash too of course yeah uh but but for how short the lifespan was uh i thought that it just pumped out banger after banger basically that's amazing that's you know remains a console that i have had so little interaction with um even like in in 2020 like i bought several different iterations of the playstation because that was a console i always in a way, like, not didn't lust after as a kid, but, like, really fond over and never had, which is just mm. a Nintendo kid primarily until the 360. Um, but uh, so I've, like, gotten to, like, sort of uh, almost make up for that with the PlayStation series, but still the Dreamcast and Sega in general, I've barely touched, 
Do you have like a couple favorite titles from the Dreamcast? Well, so a lot of them have like sequels, so yes. you don't really need to play the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have been ported. Like Marvel vs. Capcom Two was mm. most iconic on Dreamcast, oh, but man. you can play it on a million different things. Uh, the first, well, it's the second game in the series, but the first Soul Calibur was Dreamcast. Yes. Uh, what else? Uh, Power Stone Two. Oh, if you've never yes. played Power Stone Two, that's a really good game. I've played the f- uh, <laughs> first one. I I don't know if you know uh, Patrick Ellers, uh, but Patrick. Um, he, we, we had a fighting game night, uh, that I had like our little video game crew over, like last year at some point. Anyway, Patrick bought, brought his Dreamcast and I think Power Stone won and Marvel Mm -hmm. versus Capcom too. And I mean, I got the floor wiped, but it was by, with me, I was, I was the, whatever. With, with whom the floor was wiped. (laughs) Yes. Uh, but it was really fun. Uh, are you a... Another game that I'm fascinated by that I've never gotten to play is the uh, Jet Set uh, Radio Jet or Jet Set, Set Radio. Grind. Uh, Grind was the sequel. The sequel. Jet Set Radio I had and I did not get it. I, like, oh. Because I, I was really into Tony Hawk and I'm yes. like, I'm going to love this game. And it didn't click with me at the time. Yeah. But this was 1999 or 2000 or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I will happily revisit Jet Set Radio and, and uh, change my mind. Uh, but yeah. What, what you know the Sonic Adventures were fun. Uh, ready to rumble boxing. I don't know. <laughs> Part of it's just nostalgia. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Not enough Dreamcast talk on the show. A um, uh, couple more questions for you before we move on to the to the break in the second half of the show. Um, uh, the first one is: Has there been a game you were talking about Persona Five? And if that is this answer, feel free to elaborate. Hmm. Is there a game, uh, a newer game for you in the last couple years? Um, that uh, you didn't, maybe you could have expected to like, but that you were just surprised how much you enjoyed. Sure. Uh, well, first off, I have to give a shout out to Seaman, the Dreamcast game, oh, which my I forgot gosh. to mention previously. <laughs> I did own it. It wasn't very good. Oh, uh, man. Uh, but it exists, and Google it if you don't know that game. Uh, anyhow, uh, to answer your actual question, uh, yeah, one of the other games I pitched was uh, Disco Elysium. Which, like, everyone loves that game. It's not, like, surprising that I love that game. But I played it in, like, late 2020 when everyone, myself included, was having a very hard time. And I was just feeling very, like, alone and, Mm. like, uh, yeah, disconnected from the world. And that game, like, made me cry at the end. I don't want to say what happens. It's, It's not as brilliant an experience as some people make it out to be sure. i don't want to overbuild this it is a video game it's just like a funny video game uh that has some satirical elements in it uh it's absolutely worth playing but it 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 hit me the same way that have you seen uh, a serious man the coen brothers movie i have not mm. Mm. well it might not connect that that movie connects with me on it like a jewish level uh mm. but it's also just a really good movie and it has an the ending of it it, it creates this feeling of like you have no control over your life. Your problems are irrelevant. The world will continue without you. Mm, and geez. Disco Elysian has like a sim- similar moment. Yeah. Well, how you read that is up to you. Yes. Like, I, it's 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 not necessarily a negative thing, mm-hmm. believe, or at least the way I feel it. Could like, be it's, freeing, it's me on like a big, profound. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's nihilistic and like the traditional definition of it. I feel like. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I, I got a similar vibe from the ending of that game in a time where it was like meaningful to me. Mm. I was also like watching like space documentaries at night to fall asleep, just being like, I am irrelevant. Yes. This doesn't matter. Wow. Uh, yeah. That it's it's funny when like 
multiple medias that you're consuming sort of can align in that way um with thematically like you were just saying i don't have like an example of like oh i was playing this game and then this show was like felt like it was saying something similar or giving a similar idea so that's that's just that's really interesting um and the last question i have for you in this uh part is um is there anything about your just history and gaming that you would uh be bummed if you didn't like shout it out before we move on but bummed if i didn't shout it out oh man I, I have been touching a lot of the greatest hits. The yeah. only time I ever went viral on Twitter was a video game tweet. Where, uh, what was that? Well, I'm a I'm a comedian, and I've been on Twitter for 15 years. <laughs> I've never gone viral for a joke I've written in my entire life. Uh, I wrote, what were the five most important video games to you throughout your youth slash teen years? No curating to look cool slash interesting, please. Yes. Uh, I, I in 2020, this. peak pandemic. I've just gotten two million impressions. It's been engaged with by like tens of thousands of people. Like, I I swear, like I I, I had this up just because it has a list of video games that are important to yeah. me, and I was like, I'll remind myself of them. Uh, but it's just so funny to me that I've never succeeded on Twitter as <laughs> like a content creator. It was only an engagement trap that has gotten people uh, interested in my shit. That's but, that's yeah. that is funny. I recently we did um one of the patreon exclusive shows that we have on our network which is at it at, it's the weekly show that everyone gets regardless of whether you're at the five or the ten dollar tier and this sounds like a great deal oh it's a fantastic deal this is how i seamlessly promote it um yeah but the weekly show that we do that everybody gets is called super npcs it's just a topic show whatever video game topic we feel like covering whether it's a we do like a composer spotlight or it's uh, Halloween time and we're doing like all scary games that month. Mm. And then, but recently we did, um, we ranked our top nine favorite Super Nintendo games mm. um, where we count, it's our st- stupid format to stand out where instead of top 10, it's just top nine. It, uh-huh. it has no merit, but uh, we count down from nine to one. Um, and we had a couple guests on. We actually released it for free. So if you're listening to this episode, it will be the previous episode in this podcast feed. All that said is I tweeted out, what's your favorite Super Nintendo game? And my first friend that responded, it was one of those times where they don't like your tweet, but they just respond and say, how could you ask this question? Just as like (laughs) totally cut down your tweet. And I will just say it didn't have near as many engagements as yours did. Yeah. Um, But uh, but people did respond, so it was fun. We included everybody's responses um, on that episode. Uh, But all that being said is uh, I just have to – find every way to relate to the things you're saying and so that's my uh experience that's what a good host does you know hey, try- makes it about them hey you know what and it's, that's what i'm best at um, uh-huh. but uh anyway uh thank you so much for sharing you know uh you know a truncated version of your history with video games um we're gonna take a quick break but when we come back we'll finally get into your time with super mario world all right all right so i'll see you on the other side Welcome back to Call Me by Your Game. Um, I'm pretty sure my voice just cracked. Did I imagine that, or did you hear that, Jake? I didn't. I didn't hear it. Okay. There was. There was like a. a no, it didn't crack. It Something was like happened. a call me, but it wasn't like a call me. It was just more of a an energetic uh, 
uh, enunciative moment. Uh, cool. I, I probably didn't need to call it out, but I did. I just can't I just can't help but uh, call out when my behavior is strange. Uh, I totally wouldn't have clocked it had yes. you not framed your own thing. Basically. Yeah, I could have smoothly moved past it, uh-huh. but I refused. Um, anyway, we're back here with Jake Regal to discuss Super Mario World. Um, really excited to get into it, Jake. Before we you know hear your personal history, I want to do a little table setting. Uh, for the listener, um, and I'm just basically sharing, I mean, I've got a, a good knowledge of this game's context, but I'm going to be reading from uh, the Super Mario Wiki, uh, and mm-hmm. if uh, you want to jump in at any time, or there's any context that you feel is important to include, by all means, please hop in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, without further ado, I'll go ahead and just get us into it. Uh, Super Mario World, also known as Super Mario Bros. 4 in Japan, is a 2D Super Mario I didn't know game. That. <laughs> hey, there we go. Now you yeah. do. Um, yeah. Which it does make sense because it is the fourth Super Mario Brothers game, but just didn't get that name over here. Um, it's a it's a 2D Super Mario platforming game, and it was a launch title released for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System and with the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in 1990, developed by Nintendo EAD, which is Entertainment and Analysis Division. Um, did you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Jake, and that's a. Uh, we're going to be doing fun facts at the end, all provided by Did You Know Gaming. So, anyway, I'm distracting myself. Did you know that um, there are not very many regular boxed copies of this game? Because th- at least the initial launch and run, they were included with the Super Nintendo, which I don't think had a Super Mario World like box. Interesting. I did not know that, but I also had a regular boxed copy i'm pretty confident oh wow yeah. you you know maybe i'm wrong maybe yeah. what i'm thinking is that or what i'm remembering is that because they came with the system it was rare yeah. to find a single boxed copy because people just kept them maybe i see yeah yeah i i, I might just be wrong but i feel like when i got the snes which we'll get into was a little bit later in the life cycle mm. and it was no longer like it was like all stars that came with the snes and oh. not super mario world well then that could corroborate the fact i sort of like half shared and then wasn't super confident about so i guess we'll never know um but uh (laughs) being a sequel to super mario brothers 3 the game retains many of the elements that debuted in that game such as the world map and the koopaling boss fights while introducing a large variety of new gameplay mechanics such as an expanded and less linear world map and the ability to save the game uh introduced in super mario world is mario's sidekick Yoshi uh, mm-hmm. and his species shares the same name. In fact, you're like, I don't remember. I, you know, I should know because I just played this game and it's right here. I could probably find it. But uh, it it takes place in Dinosaur Land, not Yoshi's Island, but like right. Dinosaur Land. Yoshi's Dinos Island hadn't been codified until the sequel. I feel like yes, not for like f- like five years. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, that's one of that's a really fun f- thing about this game is that one of the most popular characters in the super mario series yoshi is introduced as your little horse that you essentially ride Mm -hmm. on and kick into the abyss when you need an extra jump that's right yeah Yeah. that is sad there's a lot of yoshi sacrificing for uh there is there's like a a friend one of my really good friends one of my best friends um uh, shared a meme with me recently wow. that was like the so closeness I, of that friendship just kept escalating. It did. Well, I realized I have this friend, yeah. a really good friend, honestly, one of my best friends. I might propose to this person, uh, <laughs> my best friend Eddie. Um, he shared a funny meme with me recently, uh, with, at least within the last year, that was a comic someone made where it shows Mario riding Yoshi, 
trying to jump up to the next platform. Mario, of course, kicks Yoshi down or jumps off Yoshi to get that extra boost. And then as he's flying up, uh, Yoshi basically pulls Mario back down by, like, getting him with his tongue. And so he – and Yoshi's got a really menacing look on his face. Could have just shared it with you instead of describing it – no, I get to visualize it in my own art style that way. It's, oh, it's kind of better, yeah. It's kind of like reading instead of watching the movies. Um, yeah, it's always but, better. But uh, Yoshi, the I The man's called Ove, not Otto. Yeah. <laughs> my dad read that book before and was like really excited. Was had, Couldn't care less that the movie was coming out, which I was like, yeah. I didn't understand that. Um, but uh, uh, Yo- yeah, Yoshi, incredibly popular. Like my sis, it's my sister's favorite character. It's one of my other best friends' favorite character. A lot of best friends. Uh, uh, is Yo- does Yoshi is Yoshi popular in your circles? Do you like Yoshi? <laughs> Yoshi popular in my circles. Uh, I well, I did main Yoshi in Mario Kart. Oh yeah. So in that way, he's popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I don't know that I have a special relationship with Yoshi outside of that necessarily. I think very popular in in Mario Kart and like Mario Party as well. Mm-hmm. So much to the point that I know everyone, a lot of people I end up playing those games with want to you like be Yoshi. So I have just been like, I've become like a Donkey Kong person because everyone likes oh, Yoshi, almost like zigging where others are zagging. Sure. Um, but because uh, I well thought, in Mario Kart especially that's a real choice. You're playing the game a different s- style basically. Yes, just being being a heavy after playing most of my life being a boring Mario uh, player mm. uh, right down the middle. But uh, yeah, that's a huge thing. Uh, Yoshi, you know, is a playable mount in this game, uh, and he's got his own unique abilities. There's like four different types of Yoshi's that you can uh, get in this game, which you may not even interact with. If you don't, yeah, because most of them are on the Rainbow Road and thereabouts, right? Yes. Um. Uh, like I didn't remember that until this playthrough. I sort of like dipped my toe into that Star Road area, mm-hmm. and that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. Hey, you know, it's just yeah. we're just smoothly getting past it. <laughs> uh, but that so that was true. Yeah. Um, it's the it's the best selling uh Super Nintendo game of all time, of course, because it was a launch title and was packaged with the system for so long. Incredible launch title. Um, it introduced. Uh, new gameplay elements that weren't in the first three Super Mario Brothers, and even in three, even though there's a lot, there are a lot of similarities. It was eventually included in the Super Mario All Stars Plus Super Mario World compilation cart, mm. which is an like. Could that be what I was thinking of? It's possible. It real, it really could. Man, that that'd be such a nice title to get with your system, like essentially yeah. five games. Um, and uh. A port was later released to the Game Boy Advance as a part of the Super Mario Advance series. Uh, it's considered one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, yeah, this game's reputation uh, really speaks for itself. Uh, I, I think it's the first one that is still good in the context of 2023. Sure, yeah. Like, Mario, you know, the original game is iconic, but yes. it's not... If, you're, if you have no relationship to Super Mario Brothers, you're going to be like, what is this? Yeah. And then two is a mess for the famous reasons. Yes. Uh, three's pretty good. Three's good. But I would say that World is the one that took it to the next level and made it like still a satisfying platforming experience if you were to pick it up today. I think that's absolutely true. I, I played through three last year um, because also on Super NPCs, every year we do the next Super Mario Brothers game. And so last year we did three right around this time. And just a couple weeks ago we did an episode on Super Mario World. And I played through that as well, like I was sharing with you off the show. And because um, once you start playing it, it's like, it's just 
the most fun I had this month, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, I will say that as much as I also think three is a borderline masterpiece, hmm. the barrier for entry there is higher. There's no save feature, so it's not as for you have to like beat it. Essentially, you know, nowadays you don't have to beat it in one run. Right, just you save pop. your state. Save Whether you got a yeah, yeah, you got options. But I think aside from personally f- coming around this year to liking World better than three, it's a huge monumental change. All the all the podcast listeners are talking about it. They my ranking changed. It's crazy. Wow, I know. Wow. Big, de- big deal. Um, <laughs> but uh, outside of that, it is yeah, it's just a better barrier of an easier barrier of entry like the game you can play through it with a decent skill level and you'll probably get better but you if you want to access the harder parts of the game the additional levels that's up to you um and i don't know for some reason i i don't think it's necessary for a game but i do like that it's more accessible uh for people at least the beginning parts um right is there anything about the about this game Oh, it also, I want to say it's released uh, in the U.S. August 18th, 1991, when the system launched, and in Japan, November 21st, uh, 1990. Is there anything that you think, uh, context-wise, that we should include before we get into your history? Context for the game itself, unrelated yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, no. I feel like you touched it. I don't cool. know. It was a, a big game that everybody played. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, this is one of those games that, you know, I... I was saying on our Super Mario World episode, when I'm booting up a system for the first time, whether it's like I got a new Switch last year and the first thing I did was download SNES online again and mm-hmm. pull, start playing Super Mario World. And it's not even one that I mean, we'll probably get into it because I'll make it about myself, but I didn't even have this <laughs> growing up and I adore it now. So anyway, let's finally settle in and you know hear about your experience and time with the game. What were you- All right. Um, so like, when did you, you were kind of getting us into it a little earlier, um, yeah. you, but feel free to sort of set the table as far as like how you got the game in your system. So yeah, I, I, I played Battletoads with my neighbor in Valley Stream, Long Island, where I was living at the time. And then my family, right after I finished preschool, moved to Los Angeles oh, where my wow. parents, my parents still live in Burbank. Oh my and, gosh. uh, obviously I'm 3,000 miles away from everyone I knew. Like, I know no one in this city. And before we even get a place, uh, we crash at a family friend's place for, like, two weeks while we're getting a a spot. Uh, Marla. Uh, Shout out to Marla. Marla. (laughs) Hope hope you're well. (laughs) Uh, But Marla... Uh, and her husband, I think at the time, uh, Marla, I hope you're not actually listening to this. I don't know what you're up to. I well, think you may have split Marla up. Marla is one of our biggest Patreon supporters. Yeah. I, gotta, I gotta tell you. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, Marla and Dan, I hope you're both individually well, uh, or together and well. I don't, I don't know. Uh, anyhow, they had an SNES. Ooh. Uh, and so I land in Los Angeles. I have no friends. I have, I'm not going to school yet. I'm doing nothing. I'm in a stranger's house. I've never met these people, or at least to my conscious child knowledge. Yeah. And they've got an SNES, and they've got two games. Uh, one of them is Super Off-Road, which Whoa. I also played a lot of. Uh, that's that's like an old arcade game that oh, got okay. ported to SNES. It was like a, a, a top-down, uh, a two-thirds perspective, I can't remember what that's called, um, racing Isometric, game. maybe? Isometric, yeah. yes. Race, racing game. Uh, it's pretty simplistic, but at the time it was like a, a world... Uh, rocker just because i had no relationship with video games um 
and then they had Super Mario World. Mm. And, and this is a repeated thing in my life that my parents would always try to keep me away from, like, junk media. Yeah. But they never <laughs> tried very hard. And so uh, I played no video games, basically, when I was living in New York. My parents didn't want to. I'm old enough. I'm kind of young for it, but I'm old enough to have got had an NES, but I didn't have an NES because they didn't want me to. Mm-hmm. And then I played the SNES at their family friend's place, and I was like, this is me now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later, they would do the same thing where they tried not to have cable television, but then we got it for free by accident. Uh, they just It was still analog enough that... The, just the connection had not been severed from the previous tenant of the house we were renting. Amazing. And so for like four years, we had free cable. And they were like, I guess we have cable, even though we didn't want it. <laughs> and then it would happen a third time when South Park came out. Uh, they were like, no South Park for you. You are 10 to 11 years old, depending on when we're having this conversation. Yes. And I said, understood. And then I went to actually my aunt's house uh, for like New Year's Eve and they were doing a marathon and I watched like 10 episodes in a row. And then I came home and I'm like, I watched South Park. And they were like, fine, I guess you can watch it now because you've watched some. That's That's always how it's been. You can't have it until you somehow get it. And then it's, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyhow, that's what happened to Super Mario World uh, and and video games in general. It was was the way that... uh, they let me play video games. I ultimately got an SNES because of Super Mario World. Wow. Uh, and I played just a ton of it for those two weeks, especially when we were at Marla's place. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, there's so much I already even want to dive into. I'll start with just, like, the game itself. Um, what do you remember, whether it be at the time or looking back at it now, uh, stood out to you about the game? Or, like, what did you enjoy about it? Yeah, I mean, it's it is like I think it holds up as a very good game. And at the time, like since it was sort of my introduction to video games outside of Battletoads and perhaps other things I don't remember, I have a very bad long-term memory. Actually, <laughs> I get that from my dad. So if you're asking me specifics, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Uh, but generally, my memories are like the first time I discovering like I, I discovered a, a, a secondary way to solve the level, like oh, a secret yeah. exit. There's a lot of secret mapping in super mario world which Mm -hmm. is how you get to the star road in the first place uh just being uh yeah mind blown by that absolutely of like there's not just the one way there's a second way yeah uh and so uh yeah the puzzle solving part of it in in a way was like what really hooked me um uh, the music was another thing Mm -hmm. that was immediately that's not a hot take mario games have really good music uh and that's one of them oh also i say mario because I played this game for the first time one week after I moved from New York. I would say Mario if I played. Of course. If I learned about this game when I lived in New York, I would call it Mario Brothers. But because I became conceptually aware of the name Mario one week after I moved to Los Angeles, wow. I call him Mario. I always find that interesting. How different your life would have been if he was Absolutely. Mario to you. I, I still say, I say orange. I yes. say Mary was Mary because she got married, but I say Mario. Wow, I yeah. they just released a no, they keep rolling out different trailers for the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I'm sure you've maybe seen some of those. Yeah, um, and they had a new one. I think they came out this weekend where it's like an advertisement for their plumbing business. Um, yes, and at the end of the like commercial for their plumbing business, uh, this the lady who's like satisfied with their work uh, is refers to them and they, they it's of course it takes place in brooklyn and she says mario uh yeah. which i think was a really interesting inclusion because 
obviously it's pronounced, I mean, obviously it's pronounced Mario <laughs> generally, and that's how they're going to pronounce it, I'm sure, in the movie. But to have the Brooklyn person, I mean, I'm assuming, say Mario was a, what's well, just an interesting contextual choice. Well, he's from either New York or New Donk City, depending on where in the canon you're pulling from. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's called Mario to his yeah. friends. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's going to be the twist that gets people up in arms in this movie, is that... Yes, people are not already upset about this movie for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I couldn't think of a single reason. Um, but uh, that that is a really funny thing that... Uh, just a funny anecdote from your experience with the game. Um, and... I want to uh, talk about one thing, which is, um, which is this is the secret exits and the uh, way that you there is no one path, and it's something that in the in the previous game in three, you can also sort of deviate from a single path. Right. Like you can, you know, certain maps that you're going through, you can like just not do a level uh, and and go to a different one to continue down the path to the castle or the end of the world. There are the warp. The warp whistles are in that game, so you can skip certain, like, entire worlds if you'd like. But, yeah, this one was, I feel like, really rewarded you for poking around and Mm -hmm. trying. uh, Which, to this date, is one of the things I love most about video games. I love games that let me fuck with the the bounds of what you were supposed to be doing at any given moment. Yes. Um, Have you ever played that? When I think of that, I think of... Uh, specifically, uh, have you ever played Final Fantasy three or six, depending on? Well, you know, I I have started it. I did not get super far into it, to be honest. Everyone says it's the best one. I just the only Final Fantasy I've ever finished is ten, actually. Yes, that it, aside from seven remake, ten is the only mainline one I've ever finished uh, as well. But I've played a lot of three slash six. I played it a, a bunch of times. I actually have it on the SNES, but. Uh, when I think of the the idea you just shared is that you can break that game. If you mm. know how to, like, spec your characters uh, and give them certain abilities to, uh, based on the systems that are in the game, you can – well, you can not only just break the game and become super powerful in a way the game I don't think anticipated, but you can actually break the game uh-huh. with a bug, uh, oh. which I'm sure is – commonplace in games but uh you're right that's just what i think of as another super nintendo title um but uh you might remember too in super mario world one way that the game and i I love this very very simple detail that the game will communicate to you that there is uh, an alternate path in a level is Mm. that the marker on the map instead of being yellow or like a house will uh, be red that's right i forgot about that yeah, I think it. Yeah, that's great. And it might flash too if you haven't found that alternate route or both routes, um, right? In it, uh, there's one particular area. You know, having just replayed it, it's so fresh. The Forest of Illusion. Do you remember this area? Which one? Uh, oh man, it's like, I almost. I have a SNES Classic in the room next oh, door. Gorgeous. I thought about playing through it last night, but I just didn't have the time. It. It's yeah. like basically one of these. It's the hardest part for me in the game because it's like world four or so and it's essentially the map is a maze where like you have to find the right secret exit in the right like marker to even get out of that area. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. It's a lot less mysterious now because I think this was like my third time playing through the game. So I kind of had like a vague memory. So it was like there. Like it was almost like the... The line was dotted, and I just had to like, like right through the line. Uh, perfect analogy. 
uh, or <laughs> metaphor or whatever. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I just – this is a very long-winded way to say I too just am like still very impressed by – the mystery and the incentive and the and the fun and satisfaction of mm-hmm. finding one of these. Um, What's well, cool. the interesting thing about both World and the original Super Mario Brothers is you can skip like a majority of the game yes. if you want to. Yeah. Is that true in three as well or no? Yeah, you can. I think if you get like a couple warp whistles and yeah. you can, I think get to like World Seven or so uh, before you have to really like play a majority of the game. Yeah, but it's hard. That in that game, it's really difficult, and there's kind of unless you're like a ma- true master, there's mm. no incentive to do that because you need like pages of power ups. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas in this right. game, you can only really have like one spare power right. up that like you don't even you don't you know you can actually press a button to get it to fall. Uh, did that which I forgot about, but uh, anyway little long-winded by me but uh yeah do you remember the some... that's another thing you didn't have to call out yeah you're doing great <laughs> i'm gonna i can't not do it um uh yeah what is there anything else like about the game that like when, when you think of it that you wanted to uh to sort of shout out sorry wait sorry what <laughs> it's okay is there any other like aspect of the game that aspect like or memory game. that you have about uh about it that you wanted to bring up huh I feel like I, I, I like of the levels are all very iconic to me. Mm. Like this is true of most Mario games, but just like the different energy, like the lava levels and the ghost levels yeah. and the yeah, every they all have such different vibes. Uh, underwater levels as unpleasant as ever. Yep. And you know, I, I feel like across all video games, that's something people feel yes. like it's a necessary evil of, of video games. <laughs> Uh, not as bad as Sonic, though. Sonic has the worst underwater levels because he's mm. dying the whole time. I don't oh, know if you've man. ever played, like, an old-school Sonic game. But, but like, bit. the music starts to, like, speed up, and it goes, like, when he's underwater and, like, running out of breath, and you're like, I don't want to do this. This is too high stakes for me. I'm letting this hedgehog die on screen, and I'm a child. And it's my fault. That's so funny. Yeah, the water levels are frustrating and in this level t- in this game too there's a couple kinds of fish there's like the fish that just like aimlessly swim across the level and then there's the mm-hmm. little those these little bastards that like are asleep but if you get near them they wake up yeah, and they sort of just right. like hover after you i don't like those guys yeah uh, i don't have a I, I have a poor uh i have a distaste for them um mm. but another thing that i think about having just played this is how charming this game is for and sure mario very lovable character even in the first you know, three Mario Brothers games. Uh, he's, it's charming. It's great. But this one, with the animation that I think was possible on the Super SNES, and the, the Super SNES, the Super Nintendo, or or maybe just what they chose to do with the animation. There's just like little details that I like. For mm-hmm. example, um, I like when when you're falling, like when you jump and you're just your jump is ending. Mario's hat will sort of like float in the air. Yeah, as if there's a little resist, uh, wind, uh, like wind resistance. Right. As he's falling. I also love the cape animations for Yes. Like, yeah, when it's when he's trying to puff up or when he's trying to go speed bombing. Like yeah. it feels very fluid for uh that older game. Absolutely. And or even like if you like you know, when you if you jump and you hold the A, he'll sort of like float down with the cape and the cape will I like how it like sort of uh, right. moves in the air too. Did you in fact the cape is a whole thing we have barely touched on, but that's something that you know, of course, not growing up with the game, it has taken me a long time to even get decent at using it. And now I can, like, 
Oh, that was like my main deal. Yeah. That was... Because that's how you access a lot of the secret mm-hmm. worlds in, in Mario World. And so, yeah, my, my cape skill was... I, I And I played, because of this, I, I played World before I played 3. And mm. there's Tanuki Mario in 3. And it's similar, but it's not the same. It's yeah. like, oh, the physics are different. There's a whole different skill set. And so that didn't click with me in the same way. I'm like, oh, my cape guy. For yeah. Me, I'm a cape guy. Yeah. There's a lot more uh, control you have uh, with with the cape. Of course, yeah, the Tanuki suit's great. You, have to, you can sprint and then fly, but then you inevitably come down whereas this if you're if you can time it well you bob up and down Mm -hmm. uh it's really cool um and uh yeah finding those secret exits with that cape i because i'm still not good at it i always feel very satisfied it's Mm -hmm. fun uh man this mario series to this day they introduce like at least one very cool brand new idea every game usually way more than one yeah like how hard is that to do? It's so impressive. And and they're they're good and they stick around and yeah, to keep iterating and coming up with new stuff like I, I think, Yeah, I, I yeah. Oh, go for it. I don't play platformers as much as I used to, yeah. but Odyssey rules. Yes. Odyssey's so fun. I loved Cappy and just the like what that sort of unlocked but with the with the platforming as well like throw like throwing Cappy, long jumping into it, bouncing off throwing him again jump diving towards it getting a bounce off of that was like amazing did you play ever play sunshine with fl- with the jetpack i never jet pack? did i never um, had it well jetpack it's a water pack but that right. game i think is worth playing but it is one of the most frustrating mario games because it, it was mm-hmm. rushed and so uh it's uncharacteristically unpolished for mm. a nintendo first party let alone a mario game but i will say the platforming and the flood stuff is sick, uh, the way you can use it. Um, yeah. Kind of like, it does different things. I'd love to see Mario with Flood and Cappy at the same time. It'd be too much, but it'd be, <laughs> it'd be crazy. You basically yeah. fly around. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing I want to sort of ask about now, um, and I know you were saying that your long-term memory is poor, so genu- genuinely no worries if you don't remember a thing. But oh, yeah. uh, I, I especially want to like, can you scene paint for me at all? Mm. Uh, like where, like the when you would have played at Marla's place or v- anything you vaguely remember about the space that this was in. Yeah, it was, they had a nice place. I, every, everyone, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know how my parents knew them because I think Marla <laughs> was a friend of my mom. Most of my parents' friends are magicians because my dad's a magician and I find that I didn't know funny. this. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, they're not doing magic all the time. And yeah. so they're just people and then I like, learn that they're like yeah very known magicians and i'm like oh okay sure yeah it's 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 interesting uh but anyhow marlon dan they had a a nice two-story place and this was on their second story uh it was like a guest bedroom i think uh, effectively and my real memory was that this might not have been the initial two oh you know what i I'm flipping. It's the same people. I think they may have moved or they moved where their SNES was. When I first played it, it was downstairs okay. in like a big living room area. Uh, and they had like a big TV. They were Ooh. rich for whatever reason. And I, I mean, was like, magicians. You got to be filthy, ever... stinking well, yeah. rich. I don't think they were magicians, though. <laughs> um, but then later when we would go for like 4th of July or, yeah, they were big hosts of 4th of July mm. for whatever reason. They had moved the SNES to a smaller room upstairs. And my big memory there is... 
I had learned that it was good etiquette to close the door after using the restroom for some reason. Huh. Someone told me that. And so I did that. And then I was playing SNES from the next room over. And I heard Dan come up and be like, there's no one in here? <laughs> close this door. <laughs> and then Marla was like, maybe it was just someone being polite. And I never confessed who it was. And I was like, it was me. Just to and I was just trying to be polite. Oh, my gosh. That's was... so funny. Just hearing that adult and be like, oh, no, I did something wrong. I know. Yeah. Uh, well, I still feel that way today. Yeah. I still get, oh, no, I did something wrong. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, a common feeling. That's a, I, that's such a fun, specific memory. Um Oh, that's so great. Um, is there anything, you know, else about um, whether it be the game itself, which mm. I think you sort of already answered that, or like the context of when you had this meaningful time with it that you want to share today? I, just, I guess a shout out to the SNES for platformers because, I, like I said, like uh, I don't play them as much now, but there were three iconic platformers on SNES, two of which have already been covered, which is why I didn't want to talk about them. Mm -hmm. But uh, my... I, I didn't play Yoshi's Island that much. My oh, yeah. sequel to Super Mario World was Donkey Kong Country 2, Ooh. which I played so much and had a lot of the same vibes, a lot of secret uh, access uh -huh. things and uh, uh, all those animals you could control, really fun. And then Kirby Superstar was Ooh. another one really important to me. Uh, if you've never played that, it's got like seven different games in one is the conceit of it. And some of them are pretty small and minor, but there's like two significant games one of which had this thing where you could take over... Well, I guess every Kirby, you can take over the power of all your enemies. But this one, you could, like, permanently access their powers and cycle through them as needed. Oh, wow. Um, and that is like a Mega dynamic Man thing. I love. Yeah, and it's like... I'm saying right now what I'm playing is Persona 5. It's the same deal. It's oh. like you take their powers and you get to use them when you, you need them. Uh, like the Castlevania uh, uh, Game Boy Advance games... Uh, some of them work the same way, where like you mm. can you could steal an enemy's power and it goes into your encyclopedia of powers. I love that just general dynamic for a video game. That's cool. And it worked for me as a kid and it works for me now. That has nothing to do with Super Mario World. <laughs> I went on a tangent. Hey, uh, we yeah. live for tangents on the show. I'm Hell full yeah. of them. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, for Super Mario World itself. No, this one, it's a game, it's a really good game, but it's a game that is more important to me for like what it meant in my own life than it is like in terms of the kinds of games I play now necessarily. Like, it's just a really good, simple game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I feel like we've, we've tackled most of the actual mechanics of the game that were important to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, you know, that being said, you sort of segued in, uh, us into, like, finishing off this big segment in the main portion of the show, which is, can you put a bow on, you know, what that play, what place it did hold for you, looking back? Yeah, I mean, it was, like, one of the games that launched me into the world of playing video games. Mm. Uh, I did have one of my dark periods, as you talked about earlier, uh, later. And another thing that got me back into video games was, of all things, the, the computer game NHL 97. Nice. Uh, so uh, there were two similar games in that, and Guitar Hero. They're like three games that all got me out of places where I was not playing video games and got me back into these worlds where I was, uh, or for Super Mario World, uh, it's the first time that that happened. Like oh, I need to have this system. I <laughs> I need to pester my parents until I can get an SNES. Uh, it, it, it launched me into uh, gaming in general. That's cool. Which I do not do uh, a podcast about yeah. uh, because I want to continue to enjoy it. 
Hey, good thinking. Thankfully, it hasn't. The shine hasn't worn off for me yet. That's good. Uh, That's good. If anything, I've honestly, thankfully, only grown to like love games and what they mean to people more. Uh, but Jake, thank you so much for bringing on this game and uh, and telling me about your time with it today. Thank you for having me. Shout out to Blue Yoshi. I, I didn't mention Blue Yoshi. Blue He's Yoshi. the best Yoshi. Uh, Blue Yoshi is sick as hell. Um, well, before we go, I do have a couple of post-show segments prepared for you based on you bringing on Super Mario World as your uh, game of choice. Uh, the right. first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. And that's just where I share fun facts about the game with my guest. Um, as I previewed earlier, both of these come from the YouTube channel did You Know Gaming? They've got a great episode on Super Mario World, so I definitely recommend checking that out because there's a lot more that I didn't include here. Um, the first fact, uh, I have titled Super Mario 3 Remake. Uh, now, before making Super Mario World, uh, when the, the the EAD team was getting uh, situated with this new Super Nintendo console that they had, uh, when they were getting familiar with it, they ended up remaking portions of Super Mario Bros. 3 to test out the system's capabilities. Um, and remnants of this remake uh, and some early inclusions in Super Mario World that were cut um, could be actually be seen in early promotional material of Super Mario World, um, such as, you mentioned it earlier, uh, the Raccoon Tail Tanuki suit uh, hmm. is in, like, I don't know if it was in Nintendo Power but the video has a screenshot of, like, Mario running up one of those walls that has, like, the little pink, like, uh, almost, like, doorstop thing that lets you run straight up a wall. Oh, sure, you know yeah. those things? And yeah. he's got the raccoon tail, and in his item box is the leaf, like, from Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, you know, not only a part that they had remade from uh, for the Super Nintendo, uh, you know, which would eventually be Super Mario All Stars. That that would they would remake it in a way. Right. Um, but it was uh, yeah one of many things that was like uh, or elements that was cut from the game, um, which is great because I mean the cape we kind of shouted out earlier is by both of our accounts better and more cool and dynamic. Uh, but yeah, that's the that's the first fact for you. The second one I have uh, titled The Long Wait for Yoshi. We've been talking about mm-hmm. Yoshi a lot today. But uh, Yoshi was originally planned to be included in the original Super Mario Brothers for the NES, but his inclusion in the game wasn't possible, allegedly, un- uh, so Miyamoto says, until the arrival of the Super Nintendo. Um, according to him, it was the increase in power from the NES to the Super Nintendo that allowed Yoshi to be fully realized with all of his abilities, you know, being able to ride, being able to just leave him somewhere and come back, uh, fly, eat things, all that jazz. Um, and, uh, Miyamoto allegedly liked the idea of Yoshi so much when it first, when they first had the idea that he kept a sketch of Mario riding a dinosaur above his desk for five years before Super Mario World was made. Um, and the ga- the video also includes this sketch. I mean, it's hmm. it looks terrible, but it's uh, it is Mario <laughs> riding a dinosaur. Uh, yeah. Um, did you? So it's not it's not a family member at his office. It's not someone important to him. It's just a sketch of future Yoshi. Yes. I'm doing this for you. I'm working for you. Yeah. And when he does something that he's maybe shameful about, he puts the sketch down so it can't see him. Um, That's right. Like a picture. Um, uh, did you ever? This is on. This is not something I included. But uh, did you see any of like the news when there was like those that huge Nintendo leak a few years ago called the Giga Leak that came out? I, I heard about this. I didn't really uh, dive into it. There was like a lot 
from like Nintendo's archives that eventually came out that nobody had ever seen, including some like early like designs for Yoshi and the, mm. the evolution of what he looked like from start to finish. He looks his earlier his face is so rounded as we know today, but it earlier was like more pointy face and he, it just mm. looks weird. You gotta look it up. All um, right. But I was just thinking of that there. Um, that'll do it for the fact me by your game segment. And I'll lead us okay. into the final one, the game recommendations. Now, Jake, this is my mm. one forced tie into the movie Call Me By Your Name, where I am going to treat... Getting more timely every every passing year. <laughs> it's it's very true. <laughs> um, well, Jeremy, play the Sufjan song. Um, this is... <laughs> I'm going to treat Super Mario World as your passionate summer Italian love that you're eventually going to move on from because it's a fling. And what I'm going to recommend to you are potential new flings to help you get over this loss. Uh, but you know, in the, I, with the idea of you know, comfort for you, these are all going to have something in common with Super Mario World. So a little familiarity, if you will. Um, the first of which I have for you, and I've got three is, uh, if you want, you know, Super Mario World, I would, is a lot of things would not describe it as underrated. It is properly rated as a, as one of the best games of all time. Mm. But if you want an, an underrated 2d platformer, not from this era, but from the PS3 era, I'll recommend a game that I just discovered today called Puppeteer. Have you ever heard of this thing? No, I've never heard of Puppeteer. <laughs> I'd never heard of it. Uh, I was trying to find like an underrated game that was still seemed to be pretty well liked. Uh, and it was a game, uh, it was a, it's actually a PlayStation game done by Japan, uh, Sony Japan. And uh, it's, a, it's a platformer where you play this... Uh, little puppet i think you start out as a kid who's turned into a puppet um and then immediately decapitated so how about that oh okay yeah is it like a is it tonally dark in general or is that just a a strange touch i'll be honest didn't dive in enough to find but i think that's just like a strange touch they put on it puppeteer um interesting so there's puppeteer that's your first recommendation the second of which is if you want another titanic super nintendo platformer Mm. but you want more action focus uh, as opposed to actual platforming. I'll recommend another all-timer, Super Metroid. Have you ever played this one? Yeah, I, I played it as an adult a bit. Yes. I, I didn't play it as a kid, so I it was it was actually like, well, I got into those Castlevania games, cool, and then learned that the name of that genre is Metroidvania. Yes, and I was like, oh, I have to go back and play Super Metroid mm-hmm. and, and see what that's about. Uh, so yeah, I do I do definitely like that genre of games. Uh, if you've ever played the uh, Ori games for Xbox, that's my recommendation to you. I, really good. The funny you say that, I, yeah. I, I just recently built a PC because my old computer crapped out, and mm. I was kind of over the way that Mac does things. Long story short is mm. I it's also a, I can do cool gaming stuff on this too. I've only been playing old stuff, but I did download Ori in the Blind Forest for like five bucks. There you go. And it's gorgeous, by the way. Uh, oh yeah, beautiful. So thank you for the wreck. Wow, <laughs> listener, future listeners, take note. I like that sort of <laughs> stuff. Um, so that's your second recommendation, Super Metroid. Um, and then finally, your last recommendation is if you want, if, if you know your focus, the thing you took away from, which you know it kind of did happen this way. If the cape was your jam, if that's all you care about, if that is the 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 aspect that you are tied to most closely to this game. Then I've got another recommendation of a game where you can also fly around in a cape, and that is Superman 64. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to take that rack. 
and I don't. I did play it at a Toys R Us setup. Oh, really? In 1996, or for for 10 minutes or whatever. And then we're like, never again. Um, well, that that is uh, that you're making a good choice because that was my silly recommendation. I oh, love to have good. a silly one at the end. Um, historically, I like to invite the gardeners in to uh, start to tend to my buildings. Uh, <laughs> green. So if you hear that, that's what I've 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 let them in. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that'll do it for the recommendations. I'll, I'll wrap it up again. Puppeteer, Super Metroid, and Superman 64. Uh, that'll do it for the game recommendations, and that'll actually bring us to the end of the show. So uh, before we go and plug whatever we want on the way out, Jake, thanks so much for doing this. This was a blast to hear uh, from you about your time with games, and specifically Super Mario World. Thank you so much for having me. I, I love video games. I love talking about video games. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You can find me at Jake Regal on social medias. Uh, go to that UCB show. Uh, Cardinal Redbird's playing Convoy this week. Hell yeah. But you don't have to do a link for that one. I think it's sold out. But come check it out if you there's standby. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's my stuff. Killer. Um, yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and just close this out with some plugs of my own. Uh, the cover art, the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his other great work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. Uh, the show is produced by and edited by Jeremy Schmidt. You can give him a little thank you by checking out his show also on our network, Video Games, a Comedy Show. It's more of a roundtable style uh, group podcast where uh, we do whatever we want. Sometimes the episode is a roast of Mario where Mario gets roasted by uh, members of the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, that's our most high concept sort of stuff we do. Other <laughs> times, like this last week, we did uh, a console draft uh, where we drafted our favorite games mm. uh, from the Nintendo Wii. It's the 15th one of these episodes we've done uh, in, a, in sort of a desert island format. What, um, can I ask what the number one overall was? Number one overall pick was Super Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah, yeah. Which Solid solid pick, yeah. I, I had pick two, so I there was eight of us. We did a snake draft, so you, you so you pick. If you're at the top of the draft, you have, like, a bunch of picks before you get back. I went with Mario Kart uh, Wii, which is, like, my – I think it's, like, my fourth favorite Mario Kart. Uh, right. But uh, that episode's great. You can watch the video on my Twitch channel or just listen to the podcast. Um, you can follow me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. And I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash consiscool69. And that's C-O-N-Z. <laughs> uh, lately, I've been streaming uh, my f- – have you ever played Half-Life, Jake? Yeah. I've never played it, and I'm, I'm streaming the original game now. And it's it shows its age, but – it's pretty dang fun. Also, a lot of jump, scary jump scares. Well, that's so. That's this is how I play Half Life. First of all, I played Counter Strike, but then I also <laughs> turned on cheat codes and got weapons before you're supposed to have weapons. Oh, cool! And then just sort of beat up scientists with crowbars <laughs> was was the way I played Half Life. That's so funny. Uh, classic kid pushing the boundaries of a game. Uh, uh-huh. uh, so I'm pl- I'm streaming that and Super Mario 64 DS, which I'm playing on. Like, think thanks to the Wii U, I can actually stream that game. Um, so you can find me there. Uh, and then lastly, I'll, uh, plug our Patreon again. Uh, we're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, NPC like non-player character. Uh, and if you like me and listening to uh, me talk to people about games, you're going to like a lot of what you find there. Cause it's a, it's a lot of me. Uh, we've got shows, not just from myself, but we've got uh, stuff from Jeremy Schmidt over at video games, a comedy show from the reactivators, uh, scary basement, the, the scary movie podcast. And, uh, 
and also Inside Video Games Classic with July Diaz. Uh, and right now, uh, over at our, our network, the big ticket item is we're going through Super Mario 64 in a game club style format. So we used to, for our, this is also the most I've like interacted with a guest I've just chosen for you in the in the plugs to just ask you about things. Um, we're normally... I've been interjecting when yeah. you were trying to wrap up the show, too. I, so I'm, uh... it, it, It's working really well. I like okay, it. Okay, yeah. But it's got that spontaneity we were looking for hey, earlier. We're really... We, and we found our group there. Um, That's right. Our old Games Club format, which we've been doing for like three or four years now, we used to go through the majority of games in a series throughout a year. Like two years ago, we covered... 18 of like 21 Zelda games and so mm. we do like one episode that was about an hour and a half to two hours every other Friday those would come out um, but now our new format is that we're going through a game in an actual book club format where we sort of play it chapter by chapter and then every Friday the listeners get uh, you know an hour hour and a half episode on a section of the game so um, if that sounds fun, listener, uh, that's at our $10 DJ Toad tier where the majority of our content's at. Uh, a lot of great stuff there, including uh, the co-op stuff I was telling you about. But that'll do it for my plugs, and that'll actually uh, wrap up the show. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one. Bye.